On this episode of the Sanchez Show, we had to run it back with Will Gordon. The first episode got such great reviews, we wanted to do it again. But now, NFL playoffs are in full effect, so we had to talk about the Washington football team. Could they possibly upset Tom Brady? We definitely had to get into some NBA talk because Kyrie's being Kyrie. And the Wizards are so bad right now because Scott Brooks lose his job before the first month of the season is completed. All that and more. I think you guys are going to enjoy the show. But with that being said, let's get to it. What's really good and welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. We had to run it back, man. I got Will Gordon with me. We got a great response the first time we did this, so we had to come back for the second time as the playoffs are about to start. We got some NBA basketball, but before we get into all that, Will, happy new year, happy holidays to you and your family, man. To you and yours as well, man. Good to be back on with you. I was real excited to get the invite to come back and talk about what's been going down and what's about to go down, man. It's good to be with you, man. Hope everything's good with you. Absolutely, absolutely. We got some great responses from the first podcast, so we had to do it again. So before we get into the Washington football team that uh, plays tomorrow night in primetime, I got to ask you, because we got to follow up on these Wizards. They're two and six. After tonight's game against Boston, they they have a very tough stretch coming up. Miami, Utah. There's another team I'm missing in there as well. I got to ask you, is Scotty Brooks going to last by the end of next week? You know... I think Scotty's safe for the year. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the owner, Ted Leonsis, does not like to pay people that do not work for him. So with, with that being said, this is the last year on his deal. I think I think we're already setting up for the next move, but I think they're going to let him ride the contract out because there's, no, there's really no advantage to changing everything up now in this kind of season, especially – we don't even have a schedule for the second half of the season right now because of all the uncertainty. Do you really want to hand over the keys to somebody else and then try to implement a whole new system and a whole new culture with everything that's going on this season? I don't see where that's going to be beneficial for you. Um, let it ride out. Let him either sink or swim. Um, but the biggest thing you got to remember is uh, the general manager, Tommy Shepard, did not hire him. This is not his guy. This is a this is an Ernie Grunfeld hire. So so uh, Tommy might want to get his guy in there. So I'm sure he's already thinking. He's probably already had conversations and you know backdoor stuff, knowing who he's thinking about for the next chapter. But I just don't see it being beneficial to let him go now, um, especially with the season being so early. Um, you know you didn't have your guys playing together in the preseason. You didn't really have much of a preseason. Um, you did just beat a good Brooklyn team a couple nights ago. So, I mean, I just don't see where it would benefit the team to, to let them go now because I don't see it getting – if you let them go, you got to get better. And I don't see them getting better this season if they were to let them go. So let the contract ride out, and then you don't have to renew it. Um, bring in – I think Tommy's going to bring in his guy, and then we're going to ride out from there. I'm a little surprised to hear you say that because I agree with you with Tommy Shepard. He's going to want to hire his own guy at the end of the all season. But I would think that you would want to try to salvage and make the best of this season, even if it means just getting into the play play in game for the playoffs, because you got to do something that's going to be attractive to Bradley Bill long term. Yeah. Yeah. I was see, I think um, Brad's a smart guy and I think he knows what the situation is. I mean, he's he's in it every day. Um, But I don't think that I don't think a play in game is going to be enough to keep him anyway. You know what I mean? They, communication is going to be the key with with him and with Tommy and with Ted. If as long as they're all on the same page and they're committed to putting the pieces around him, as far as coaches, as far as uh, role players, and he believes that they are really in his, trying to put his best interest at heart, I don't I don't see him as a guy that really is going to feel like he needs to leave immediately. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't see him saying, well, I'm going to just stay here forever, and that's going to be that. But I don't see him – like, this is really the first year that it's his name on the marquee and not John's. Even though John was hurt before, it was always – you know, you had that John Wall shadow. You can say you got that with Russell now, but I think you bring a whole different dynamic when you bring it in a Hall of Famer 
Um, I think Brad respects what what Russell can do and has done and probably will do with the team. I think Brad's, he's a level-headed guy. I don't see him being the kind of guy that wants to jump and leave so he can compete for a championship because I think that would have been done this past offseason. Understandable. Now, you mentioned Brooklyn. We got to get into to the Kyrie saga now because he pretty much went AWOL. He didn't let front office or his head coach know he wasn't going to play yesterday, though he did he did reach out to his teammates. He's not playing tonight. They, they're losing now by 20 against the Grizzlies. I From jump, I thought this was going to be a, a very bad situation and a power struggle, especially when him and KD were on a podcast together and they basically said, we don't need a head coach. We're kind of coaches on our own. For a team as talented as this, We've seen super teams, sometimes they gel, sometimes they don't. How do you think this ends with those guys? Because I just think both those guys are too fragile mentally for this to really go on long time. Yeah, that's that's the main thing with them is the mental side of the game. Because um, if you're talking about on the court, there ain't too many duos out there that's going to be able to mess with them at all if you're just talking about what's going on on the basketball court. That's what's a fact. Going between their ears. What's going on between the ears is is a different thing. KD, I think, even though in the past he's shown time and time again to be mentally soft, at this point, I feel like maybe he's matured to where all that just rolls off his back because he's dealt with the backlash of going to going to Golden State. He's dealt with the backlash of uh, burner, his burner accounts getting busted on that. He's, you know, what I mean, he's he's been he's been clowned, and everybody, everybody, you know, he's been called a snake and everything else. But he's still out here hooping. So if he can push all that to the side and focus on playing ball, I'm not worried about KD. You know, Kyrie is a whole nother monster. Kyrie, he's a different kind of guy where he thinks he's the smartest guy in the building. And the most talented guy in the building. Um, he's probably he could be the most talented guy in the building, pound for pound. He could be smartest. That's a matter of <laughs> individual interpretation. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. He like I don't know when with him missing that game without without letting anybody know. I'm not mad that he missed the game. That he he sat out a game, even though his reason whatever, you know, reported was, and I don't even, I didn't hear him say it. So, you know, context is everything. He said he didn't want to play. That's why he didn't play because he didn't feel like it or whatever he said. I mean, he took a game off. I'm not going, I'm not going to kill him for that. But the way he did it, um, that makes you want question how dedicated he is to being professional. You know what I mean? He's yeah. dealing with a, a first, a, a coaching staff. Um, led by Steve Nash, a first-time coach, are you trying to are you trying to establish yourself as the alpha and not the coach? You know, like you got to worry about that kind of thing with Kyrie, because everything everything that comes out with Kyrie is always a it's always a backstory, or you know some kind of some kind of blase blah on the side that we don't know. Or with him, he's 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 a, he he's kind of an issue in in that sense of it. But I'm not going to make a big deal about him missing a game in the, you know, in the first 10 games of the year. It's just the way he could have went about it a lot better. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think with him, it's it's always this battle of, I didn't mean that, or you guys interpreted it the wrong way. But right. there's no other way to interpret it. I mean, you didn't reach out to the head coach. You didn't reach out to the GM. But yeah, you got your teammates who came out and said, yeah, he texted us. He let us know he wasn't going to play tonight. Um, shout out to Scoop B, who, who I've had the privilege of speaking with before from Hefty.com. And him and Kyrie have a very close relationship. He had reported yesterday that Kyrie wasn't going to play. And a lot of it had to do with how Kyrie felt with what was going on in the country. Yeah, which I is saw fine. that on Twitter. Yeah. Right, which is fine. But as the VP of the Players Association, you've got to be able to communicate that to the front office and, and to the team. They deserve as much. And the league deserves as much. Uh, you know, the night prior, Chris Paul played, and he's the president of the Players Association, and he said himself, I didn't feel like playing, but I also felt like it was an opportunity to use the platform. So exactly. Kyrie, uh, it's, it's always this, you know, some some breakdown in communication with him. And it kills me with Kyrie because, as you said, super talented. Nobody's ever questioning the game. Yeah. But it's it's the other things. It's it's the, you know, him calling himself a leader but never showing leadership qualities. So... 
I think I've said from jump, I think that situation is going to get ugly. You got a first time head coach. Yeah, you got a first time head coach. You got championship expectations with a team that has never been to that point. You know, KD and Kyrie had, had done it in separate situations, but the rest of that unit has never collectively gone to a championship. So to think that just because we're on the court, oh, it's going to work itself out. I don't see it happening. And when you look at the other teams, the upper echelon teams of the East, I don't think Steve Nash is out coaching Doc Rivers. He ain't out coaching Brad Stevens. He's not our coach in Spolstra. So, you know, in order for them to make a deep playoff run, they all need to be on the same page. And I think right now this is just a rocky start for what I think is going to be a bad overall ending. It is. And what could happen, I wouldn't be surprised if, say, something somewhere down the line, let's say Kyrie gets injured again, you could have the same situation in Boston to where they play better without him. You know what I mean? Like, the, the game he missed. Uh, who they blow up? They blew somebody out that night, didn't they? Uh, Philly last night. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we could we could be facing that again. And if that was to happen, then you're labeled forever. Now you're going to be labeled as a guy that's a loser. It's all about him. That's all about self. You know what I mean? That's that's something I think we should keep an eye on. If he misses some prolonged time, and then it's because that bench, that that Nets team is crazy deep. Yeah, and I, I love the way they play, with or without Kyrie on the floor. If they make noise without him, for any reason, he's out for any um, any stretch of time, and they're balling, then that's then it's going to be some issues. It's going to be some big issues. Yeah, there's a lot of talent on that team, um, and you saw yesterday, even without Katie and Kyrie, they, you know, what I'm saying they they beat the brakes off Philly yesterday. They oh, just yeah. out hustled them. Karis, Karis LeVert is, is a star. You know, he's just yeah, in a tough situation, but Karis is a star, so we got to keep an eye on that. But let's yeah. transition over this. Let's get into the real meat and potatoes of the weekend. It's NFL playoffs. Yeah, uh, you and I spoke, uh, it was right before the Panthers game when, when Haskins was going to come back. Yeah. So a lot has changed since then. Obviously, Haskins is gone, but you guys have the primetime game tomorrow night against Tampa Bay. Now, I already saw your post. You, you, out, you already said somebody's going to have to convince you what the game plan will be to be able to beat Tampa Bay. What are you expecting yeah. to see tomorrow? How do you think this whole thing plays out? I expect to see a bloodbath, to be honest with you. I really do, man. The football team is my squad, but I'm going to be real. What have they shown me at any point of the season that they can compete with the Bucks? I've seen nothing from them to tell me that. We shouldn't even really be here. If we if we gonna be honest, if we gonna be honest, and me, uh, you know I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you, it's no we shouldn't be here. Two weeks ago we could have wrapped this thing up when we faced Carolina and we laid the egg. You think you think it'd be a little bit of extra push out there from Ron facing this facing the team that fired him last year in the middle of the season? We got everything to play for. They had nothing to play for. We did we lost. We did nothing in that game. Then you turn around and look at Philly, the Philly game last week, and we know all the controversy with uh, with Peterson taking out Jalen Hurst in that game. And to be honest with you, I know Jalen was not – he was not putting up crazy passing stats in that game. But we had no answer for him when he was moving. When he get outside that pocket, we had no answer for him. And that's inexcusable when they're out there without Deshaun Jackson – they're without Miles, uh, Miles Sanders. The other receivers on the team are average at best. How is your game plan not to at least at least spy him? At least spy Jalen Hurts. He was he was doing whatever he wanted when he was leaving that pocket. And I feel like if we if he stayed in that game, and I think Peterson knows if he stayed in that game, Philly would have won that game. And and we'd be talking about who the Washington football team is going to draft. We don't belong here. We don't. We won seven games. We lost two more games than we won. We don't belong in the playoffs. And now we're facing a Bucks team. You got Tom with everything to play for. Never had to play in the first weekend in the playoffs. Uh, he's, you got people saying, well, was it him? Was it Belichick? Well, now he's he's got his opportunity to say that it was him. He's got a plethora of weapons, even if Mike Evans doesn't play. Chris Godwin. Man, uh, even in the backfield, Ronald Jones. People, 
they sleep on what Ronald Jones can do running that football. I agree. We're not great against the run. We're great. We our pass rushers are are monsters. We're not great against the run. And Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones, if you're not careful, he can get a buck thirty on you quick. And you sprinkle in a little bit of Fournette. Then the slot receivers, uh, Miller, he can he can kill you. Uh, I just don't think, and the, I haven't even spoke about their defense. Their defense comes at you at every right. level. Front four comes at you. Linebackers come at you. Secondary smacks you in the mouth. This is a this is a complete football team we face. And do we have the offense that can score enough points to keep up with their offense? The answer to that is hell no. Who's going? Who? Tell me how. Tell me how we can score twenty points on offense. And that's and that's the the biggest question that's looming over this whole game. Um, Vernon Brown Lee from the group chat for the love of the game was, you know, on the show earlier this week. And we talked about that. And I said, yeah, I listened to that. Yeah. Listen, I said the, the, the game plan that you probably want to implement is similar to what the Giants were able to do to Tampa, where they were able to get pressure and they were able to slow them down. But even in doing so, they still weren't able to score enough points to beat Tampa because Tampa scored 25. Right. For the Redskins, the worst case scenario for the Redskins, they get off to a slow start and they're down two scores. And now Alex Smith has to drop back 30 plus times. And that's all we do is that's, get out the slow starts. We scored on the we scored on the opening drive what once all season, and that was last week. For the whole season, we had, we gave we had zero points going into week seventeen on opening drives. We come out slow every time. We go into half come out slow. Yep. behind every time, and this is playoffs now, so it's gonna you're not uh, the Bucks aren't going to be doing things to shoot themselves in the foot. Like, you won't see too many. Uh, they did a few times during the year. You're not going to see them going forward on fourth down when they don't have to. They're not going to flip the field for the defense, for for us. When we give us field position, we can't get ourselves. You see what I'm saying? They're not going if to, if they got a fourth and two from the 40, they're going to punt. They're not going to go for it. Because right. if they go for it, they're going to get and don't get it then they're going to give us great field position that we can't do ourselves. Can our offense go 10, 10 plays and score? No. And even if have you can, done it all year? No. even if you can, you're going to have to do it multiple times. Exactly. And and do we have the weapons to do that? No. Like, do, their strength, our strength as a football team is running the football. Their strength as a defense is stopping the run. We have a quarterback that cannot move that defense that we're going to be facing is fourth in the league in sacks. And even more scary, second in QB hits. How many hits can Alex Smith take before oh. it, before he's getting carried off? And then yeah. we're going to put in um, Taylor Heineken. That's what I call him. <laughs> he's, he's just a bear to me because this dude wasn't, in, wasn't even playing football a month ago. He was taking online classes at uh, ODU. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He, come on, he was a backup in the AFF. If if, if, if he's yeah, if he's if he's in at any point, it's over. It's, it's over. a wrap. It's and he's taking he's taking first team reps the last two days. No, I now Alex doesn't have to practice to start because he's he's done that before all season. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to practice to start, but at the same time, you don't want a guy that was taking online classes a month ago taking first team reps going into a playoff game that's just not conducive to success not at all and i mean you, you don't want a guy making his first career start in the playoffs i mean the track record is the track record itself is is not a good one for guys making the first career start and it's a playoff game well I he think he started the game didn't he no, nah, he came in. He came in relief in that Panther game. Oh, it was relief. Okay. Yeah, he he came in in relief, and then he would he was slated to possibly start that last game of the season. The thing that concerned me the most about the the Eagle game, aside from obviously Doug Peterson uh, pulling Jalen, was you guys were really sloppy in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. The turnovers, like even though the final score was a six point game, Washington should have blown the doors off that game a long time ago. They had opportunities to put them away, and they kept turning the ball over and giving the Eagles opportunities. You can't be that sloppy against Tampa Bay. There's just no way around it. Like you said, it, you're already struggling to make up the points. Now you can't give them short fields and momentum swings. I'm I'm interested to see how Ron tries to coach this. 
to be truthful. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for. How is he going to coach it? Is he going to be river, riverboat Ron and go for it on fourth down and, and be super aggressive as a coach? Or is he going to try to play conservative and say, look, we have a really good defense and let's let our defense keep us in the game. If you guys play conservative, this game's over by the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and if we play conservative, well, see, the thing is, I don't think we have the op, the, the option to play conservative. Because I, yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think you you gotta you gotta draw up some trick plays. You gotta draw up a fake punt somewhere along the line. You gotta do something to generate field position and points that make up that difference in in the skill positions of both teams. And the defense is gonna have to score. I don't see it. I don't see any scenario where the Washington football team can be victorious where the defense and probably special teams is gonna have to score in some form of fashion. I, we just do not have the firepower to keep up with these kids, man. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see, again, the coaching styles. I, I, I think you got to be aggressive early on. That 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 would be my way to look at it. You got to be aggressive. Yeah. You got to try to force them into some third and longs and then try to let your pass rush get the time, force them to hold the ball a little bit longer. But if they got momentum going early, it's going to be a quick game for you guys. And, and then, you know, unfortunately, season's over. But I want to get your thoughts on some of the other games as well. I see you wearing the black and yellow. I know you're already going for Pittsburgh to dismantle Cleveland, right? You, you've been on record as saying that you think that one's over already. That's a wrap. Like, I, I, until Cleveland shows me that they can play with Big Big Brother, then that's, I mean, that's a wrap. They barely beat the intramural squad last week to get into the playoffs. And now, and then... They feeling all good about themselves making we made the playoffs t-shirts. You ever seen that before? You ever seen a team make t-shirts that say we made the play- not division not, not, winners? Yeah, not division, just we made the playoffs. Just we made the playoff teams. They feeling they self, they they feel real good about themselves. They feel like they made it. Meanwhile, you got a meanwhile, you got a a, a, a Tomlin coach team. Them boys are gonna be about their business. That that game last week, they ain't even thinking about that. They about they thinking about this week and they the rivalry. It's a that's that's more of a one sided rivalry. The, the Pittsburgh is the Browns rival. The Browns is not Pittsburgh rival. They ain't they don't they ain't think about Cleveland. You know I what I'm saying? I, I see that one being you you putting the you putting the game in the hands of Baker Mayfield. You got Cleveland that's facing the difficulties with the COVID stuff with. Uh, Stefanski not being able to be on the sideline—that's that's bigger. That's a bigger deal than most people will realize, because uh, he's the reason that they've even been competitive this year. In my opinion, is his leadership. Um, I don't see that game being close at all. Pittsburgh rolls. Yeah, I think Cleveland's in a very tough spot. Uh, I think they got four four or five players on the COVID list. Obviously, Stefanski, who to me I think Stefanski is the head coach of the year, he won't be there. So now you got somebody else calling plays. It's a difficult situation. They're one another one of those teams that if they get behind, their playing style really isn't conducive to comebacks. They like to control the clock, run the ball with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's going to be tough, man. I, I just hope that Juju didn't provide bulletin board material with his recent What's statements. Up with Juju, man? I mean, if he ain't dancing on logos, he, he's he's talking out the side Juju, of his face. I got I got questions about him, man. I like like when. <laughs> He came on when when AB was still there, and that's when he kind of blew up because he was, you know, the guy opposite AB. So he took a AB was taking a lot of coverage off of him. Then AB leaves. And he was kind. He had a decent season. He was all right, but he wasn't putting up some numbers he was when AB was there. Now he's he's a. I think he's more in love with playing, being a football player than playing football. So, I mean, we'll see. But Tomlin's dealt with that kind of personality before. Mike Tomlin's the top three coach in the league. Um, he's not, Mike Tomlin's not losing to the Cleveland Browns on the opening weekend of the playoffs. That's not, that's not, that's not going to happen. Unless, unless Ben has a bad game. Yeah, I agree. Ben, Ben would have to be terrible. I think for them to lose that game. I, I like them to win that game as well. Um, again, Cleveland, just too many guys on a COVID list and then their offense struggles when they, when they become one dimensional, they have to keep the run with the play action going to be successful there. What are your thoughts on the uh, Titans and Ravens? I'm on record as saying I don't think the Ravens could beat the Titans. I think Styles make fights, and the Titans <laughs> Titans have their number. So, what do you think on that one? I'm 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 100 locked up with you on that. I don't think 
the Ravens match up well with the Titans at all. The Titans have shown time and time again they got their number. Um, Harbaugh has not won a playoff game since 2012, since he since he won the Super Bowl. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. I, I don't I don't know what his contract looks like. I it's, it's my bad. I didn't look that up, but um, I think he's if they go out first round, you gotta think maybe it might be time to have another a new voice in Baltimore. Um, you got Lamar Jackson, who last year in, the, in that first playoff game has shown that it can be stopped. You know, playoff football is just a different animal than the regular season. Um, even this regular season, he put up decent numbers, but he wasn't blowing people away like like he did um, last year. I just and I don't like I really don't like Baltimore's uh, pass catchers. Other, outside of the tight end, I feel like they're very inconsistent. Hollywood Brown has more talk than he does uh, stick them on his fingers, if you know what I'm saying. He, he drops a lot of balls. And I I think Tennessee, with the way that they can control the clock with their style of offense, I really think, especially if they get out, if they get out in front, if they get, a say, a 10-point, 8-point lead, something like that, about a half, I don't see Lamar Jackson as the type that can bring you back with his arm. It would have to be running. And you would think that defensively, that's their only focus is to keep him in, in that pocket. So I like I like uh, the Titans in a close game in that one. I agree. I, and I said the same thing about Harbaugh. I think we, we got to take a long, hard look at him being the coach there. Three straight years losing in the first round. As you highlighted, he hasn't won a playoff game since 2012. And this team is tailor-made to go deep into the playoffs. So if he can't take them there, somebody else is going to have to come in and take over that job. Um, they, I think they, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. They never went after a receiver. You know, they, they just, they had opportunities. I thought a guy like Golden Tate might've been perfect for them. Um, but instead they went and got Des Bryant who hadn't played football in three years. So, you know, you, you don't have somebody who can get you the tough yardage on third down and who can get open for you. Uh, similar to what they used to have with like Anquan Bold and a guy like that. So sure. I don't I, I don't see this as a good matchup for them at all. I think Mike Vrabel uh, outcoaches Harbaugh again and they beat him. And like you said, the, the problem with the Ravens is everything is centered around Lamar. So there is no way for you to deceive us with anything you do, whether yep. you're running the read option, whatever it is. All 11, all 11 guys are looking at Lamar to see what he's doing with the ball. So it's very hard for you to deceive anybody like that. I think Derrick Henry has another big day. He almost ran for 200 against them last year. I believe he ran for about a buck 30 when they played earlier this season and Tennessee yeah. beat them in overtime. I think he has another big day against them. Exactly. I think it's gonna they're going to ride him to the next round. Baltimore goes home. I agree. What about the other AFC game? Colts and Bills. I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people realize. Um, I, I think the Bills are very tough because they, they do some things on offense that Unless you have the, the secondary to match up with it, it becomes a long day. But I think the Colts' ability to run the ball is going to keep them in this game. I think Buffalo wins a close game. Uh, I like Buffalo in that game, but I think it's going to be a little uh, further apart than what you are anticipating. The Colts, I, I do like what they do on the defensive side of the ball. I like their linebackers. It's, they're active as hell. They always around the football. I just don't think that uh, Phillip Rivers can push the ball down the field anymore. And against this Bills defense, they fly around that football. Um, and then quarterback uh, Josh Allen, this boy's had a – he's had a hell of a year. Um, he, he's in, in in the MVP conversation. He, he's, I mean, he's not the MVP, but he's in the conversation. Uh, two years ago, you would have laughed at me if I told you he was going to be in the MVP conversation in two years. Um, but the marriage with him and Stephon Diggs is unstoppable. Um, the thing with them is, it's playoff football. You might need to run that ball. And I really don't I'm – not, I'm not a big believer in their run game. Uh, I know Josh Allen can be a big part of the run. That's what I like. That's what I like about uh, their offense a little more than like a team like Baltimore where you it can be a play that's designed as the pass. But Josh Allen – can get you eight yards, twelve yards on on a scramble. I mean, he's a big kid; he can move. Um, I just feel like that team is very well coached with uh, Sean McDermott, very defensive minded guy. He's got his kind of guys on the defense. Um, I look for Buffalo mm, to win double digits in that game. 
I mean, it could go either way. I, I think Buffalo's offense is very explosive. I have a strong feeling, though, because the Colts play so much zone defense. They're going to just try to keep everything in front of them, hope to make Josh Allen make a mistake. And then we got to watch, you know, the, the health of Cole Beasley missed week 17. He's been hurt for a couple weeks. Diggs is dealing with a little bit of an injury. So if those guys aren't ex as explosive as we've seen throughout the season, the level, the, the playing field levels out. But I completely agree with you about Phillip Rivers. He is the weakest link on that Colt team. They've got talent in every other area of the team except that quarterback, and he's going to be the one to hold them back. So, I mean, we, we agree for the most part in the AFC. What about the NFC? We talked about Washington, Bears, and Saints. Now, I'm on record of saying if the, if the Saints are not completely healthy, this has all the makings of an upset. Yeah. I, Mike Thomas is supposed to play. I believe Kamara is going to play. So, to me, I think the Saints win this one and win it easily. I just can't see Trubisky going on the road beating a fully healthy Saints team. I agree with you. I got the Saints in this one. But I do have an asterisk by that game on my little shot, on my on my sheet of the games. I do have, that's the one game I have an asterisk by. Because every year, there's one game. I feel like this is that upset game this year. That could happen is the Bears actually taking out the Saints. Like you said about the injury concerns with the Saints, if they're not coming in 100%, um, that Bears defense, they're not, I mean, it's not the 85 Bears, but if you miss an assignment, they're going to make you pay. Um, Drew Brees is not what he used to be. That's a quarter. Drew Brees can't push the ball downfield at all. We were just talking about Phillip Rivers. Not at Drew all. Drew Brees cannot push the ball downfield at all. So if you if you make this a, a defensive game, a, a low-scoring game, then that play is right into the Bears' hands. And then you Mitchell Trubisky can luck box himself into a couple good plays because he's done that since he's been back in the uh, lineup. There's been some defensive breakdowns to make him look like Aaron Rodgers. And, and we, we both know that he is not that. This, that has, this, I think this game has all the makings of, a, of, a, of an upset. I'm still going to pick the Saints. If, if I was betting money, I hold my nose as I went to the window because I wouldn't want any part of this game. But on record with you, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the Saints win it. But do not be surprised if the Bears actually pull up, pull out the upset. I agree. I, I, again, it's it's all about, you know, who's available. If Kamara's playing, Mike Thomas is fully healthy. Yes, I, I expect the Saints to at least look a little bit like themselves. Mm hmm the Bears linebacker struggle in coverage, and that's why I think Kamara is the key. Because if he's playing, he's going to have a field day against those linebackers. Roquan Smith, uh, Trevathan, those guys don't really cover well at all. Yeah. Um, they give up a lot of big plays from their linebacker position. So they, that could be the area where the Saints could exploit them. But without Alvin Kamara, without that safety net, because Drew Brees cannot throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. Without that, safety, yeah, without that safety net, then it becomes a much tougher game. Then I think at that point, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, them dudes kind of just go off on the quarterback. And I could see them just really changing the complexion of that whole game just with the pressure from their defensive line. Yeah. And it's a lot on the line as far as uh, on the bear side of it, too, that makes me think that they're going to keep it a little bit closer than what a lot of people are thinking. Um, Nagy, that's the coach, right, Nagy? Yep, Matt Nagy. Yeah, his... his uh, He's, he's kind of on the line, I feel like, because what he did at quarterback, going back and forth with Mitch and with uh, Foles, like if, if they don't come out and establish themselves and if they look like they are unprepared, his seat might be a little, a little hotter than he can stand. You know what I mean? It might be a change in the guard um, in Chicago. But I, I, think, I think they might come out and give those boys a game. But like I said, I'm going to pick the Saints. But I'm not going to be surprised if they find some kind of way to pull it out just because that's what NFL playoff football is. Is Out of all the games, I, if there's going to be upset, I think it's, I think this is the spot. Yeah, and I agree with you about the hot seat there, too. Something's going to change there. They, are, they made it known before the season they weren't picking up the option on Trubisky. Matt Nagy wasn't the head coach when they drafted him. He came in to, you know, really help him and, and groom him. That hasn't happened. So Ryan Pace, the GM, either he's losing his job or Nagy's losing his job. One or, or the other. Or both, right. Especially yeah. when you pick Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, who we're going to get into a little bit later, and Patrick Mahomes. Right. Somebody losing their job. Simple yeah, they moved, they moved up to do that. 
that's the, that's the craziest thing. It's one thing if you were just sitting there in the, in, the, in the spot and you just picked the wrong guy, but you gave up capital to move up and make the wrong decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? To move that's up one crazy. spot, yeah. That's crazy. And, and and the last game, which I think probably gonna be the best one of the first round, Rams Seahawks. Looks like Jared Goff might play, even though he hurt his thumb a couple weeks ago. I really like this Ram defense, man. But I don't know if they got enough offensively. I'm going to take the Seahawks in a close game just because I trust Russ a little bit more than Goff. But that Ram defense is legit. I think they got a shot as long as Goff can at least keep them competitive and not turn the ball over. Now, when you say close in this one, like this one, I wanted to know, like, how close? How close you think? Six or less. Six or less? Within a touchdown. Rams win? Yeah. I don't know. Seahawks winning within a oh, touchdown. Seahawks win. Yeah. I, 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 six or less. Okay. I got Yeah, because Ram defense, top scoring defense in the NFC. Um, I mean, Jalen Ramsey has had his way with DK Metcalf both times they played this yeah. year. Yeah. So that that's going to get eliminated. We know Aaron Donald's going to be in the backfield most of the game. Russ's legs are going to create extended plays. We got to see if Chris Carson can, can go in this one. I'm giving him the slight edge just because I don't know if Jared Goff can play a whole game with screws in his thumb. He just broke his thumb two weeks ago, right. had the surgery, and now he's trying to play. I, I just don't think it's going to work out. I like Seattle here. Um, and only for one reason, that's Russell Wilson. Um, he's the type of guy I feel like they can put an entire team on his back and take them to a win. Um, kind of like uh, like the Elks of like an Aaron Rodgers you know what I mean like Russell he has the resume but he doesn't I don't think he gets the credit that he should as, as far as his ability to lead a team perform uh, and make guys follow him uh, at home I know it's not fans but at home uh, Pete Carroll can coach Sean McVay can coach too but I've I've, I've seen a few chinks in his armor uh, over the past couple seasons that maybe he is, I mean, maybe he's not as experienced. He's not as experienced. He's just clearly not as experienced as other guys, especially not a granddaddy like uh, Pete Carroll. And I think a lot of that uh, youthful arrogance kind of shoots him in the foot sometimes. This is going to, like I said, like I've said multiple times, this playoff football, you want, it's not going to be as many explosive plays available to you. Um, I That defense is stout with Jalen Ramsey back on, on the back end and Aaron Donald on the front. But I just, it's something about Russell that I feel like in, in a close football game, it's going to come down to the quarterback. And I feel like Russell his head and shoulders above whoever the Rams have to put out there. I just I just believe in Russell in this one. Listen, I can't even, I'm not going to break down stats or this, that, and other. I just think Russell Wilson is going to wheel that team to a win in the uh, first round. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. And like you said, Sean McVay, though he's not as experienced, I think the real issue with the Rams is just the inconsist- inconsistencies of Jared Goff. Yeah. You know, he, he's so hot and cold. You know, they, they've had games this year where they look like the best team in the NFC and then they'll end up the next week losing to the Jets because he threw two interceptions. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? He, and, and prime example of it, like he he had a terrible first half when they played Buffalo earlier this year and he was hot in the second half and they almost stole that game in Buffalo. But they just need more consistent, consistent play from the quarterback position and he doesn't give them enough of that. Um, Seahawks defense is playing a little better right now too, and I think that could that could come into play here. But I just I agree with you. It's all about Jamal Russell. Adams is playing. Oh that's yeah, that's gonna be a big difference. If Jamal yeah. Adams is playing, so that that will make a big difference on that Seattle defense. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see in the NFC. You and I agree across the board, um, but I have a feeling we're crazy. Be, I kind of wanted to beef with you on a few of these. I know, <laughs> but check this out though. I I know we're gonna be wrong somewhere because if the NFC oh, yeah. plays out the way we we think it's gonna play out. That means we're going to get second round matchups of Brady going to Green Bay. Yep, going to Lambeau. Yep. And Russ going to New Orleans to play the Saints. Woo. Now, we know as sports fans, it never works out that way. I know. I know. So, so one of those veteran quarterbacks in the first round is going to let us down. And I think you and I both agree that it it might be more the Saints than the other two teams. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, just, yeah, because Drew, 
I mean, his his he got one foot out the door too. He already said he's not coming back. Correct. He's already got his next job. They they holding the mic, just holding it out to him at NBC. Like, come on, pick it up. This is yours. Whenever you're ready for it. So, and he just had his whole rib cage smashed in. You know what I'm saying? He's coming in from a destroyed rib cage. You know what I'm saying? So he's already halfway out the door. I feel like so. I, that's why I feel like he'd be the one most susceptible to going home. I, I think that is the one. And they've also had like some really bad playoff losses the last three years. I mean, yeah. some of it was bad luck, whether it was a missed call. But, you know, the way they lost to the Vikings last year, the way they lost to the Rams a couple years ago, the way they lost to the Vikings three years ago. Three. It, oh, yeah. The miracle. Yeah. yeah it, it almost I mean, for three straight years, they've had bad losses. It almost seems like it's setting up where we expect them to make this deep playoff run. And then they just get bumped early. Yeah. And. Sean Payton, I think, feels himself too much, a lot too. Um, he's he makes a lot of questionable decisions that I feel like get overlooked because they say, "Oh, that's just Sean Payton." Well, Sean Payton, you, if that's just you, you might need to change something up because it's only worked a few times for you, bro. Listen, he 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 caught that one Super Bowl over the Colts where I thought they should not have caught that one, but uh, you know it. Yeah. That, that changes anybody's legacy when you're able to win a Super Bowl right. as an yeah, underdog. That ring. You yeah. know, same thing with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's only holding on to a job because of that Super Bowl. Exactly. He'd have been gone. He'd probably been gone mid-season if he didn't have that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he's, he's on thin ice over there as well. Um, speaking of a, a thin ice situation, Texans. We see Deshaun mm-hmm. saying he wants out. He, he claims he spoke with the front office. He gave them some guys that he would like to see as a GM and possible head coach. What do you think happens there? Because he just signed that new deal. But they're in no man's land in terms of cap space. They have no first round pick this year. They have very little talent on the team overall. How does this play out? If you're Deshaun Watson, I feel bad. I mean, you're in a horrible situation. Like you said, you have no picks, no money, and no talent around you. You have no coach right now. You have no GM. I'm not sure that I'm on board with him having an input on who the coach should be or who the GM should be, though. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I think that, that's, that's a bad situation when you got your quarterback making those kind of decisions or having that kind of input. Because then you got the other 50-some guys on the team that maybe they don't like they don't like his suggestions. But we just got to roll with it because Deshaun picked it. You know what I mean? It's I, I, I just don't like when, when players pick. Especially a GM. Like, that's your boss at the end of the day. Coaches at the end of the day is your boss. You don't, do you really want, and I know in the NFL, they do not want a black quarterback making those kind of decisions to, for a franchise going forward. Let's just say that. Okay. This ain't Tom Brady. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't want, they're not going to, you can have your input. They say, oh, okay, well, well, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll, we'll consider it. It's like, as soon as the door closes, it's like, what the, are you crazy? What's he think he's doing? He's got to get out of there, though. If he wants to have any type of success in his career, you've got to get out of Houston any way you can. I don't know if you got to – like, I don't want him to go and start bad-mouthing the team or bad-mouthing uh, – I don't want to – like, it's got to be a right way to do it because especially with you being a black quarterback in this league, um, you, you don't have the privilege to be able to – have a prima donna situation as to force your way to one way or the other. That's that because you're going to be, it's going to be characterized as a whole different situation. Like, you know, it's not going to be like John Elway. It's not going to be like Eli Manning. You know what I mean? It's going to be, oh, this guy, he hasn't even won and he's trying to da 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 da. You know, you know, that's how they're going to characterize it. And that's not going to be anything, that's not going to be good for his situation. But you got to get out of there. That, they that owner allowed Bill O'Brien to drive that team completely in the toilet. They have, I mean, they're bare. How, how do they? Are they like twenty five million in the hole? I mean, I know that's going to go. That's going to change when players aren't resigned and move on. But right now, as of today, going in the next year, they're like twenty five million. Yeah, but even even as even as even as salaries start to come off the books for whatever reason that's just going to make them even, right? Yeah, like, exactly. so, so you're operating in the negative and then we start letting these guys go, but we still got to fill those roster spots now. Yep. 
You know, yep. if we if we let 10 guys go that we didn't resign, we still need bodies on the roster to compete. I think it's a, it's a terrible situation there. I question really, and, and I agree with you, you know, if you're Deshaun, you haven't won enough, you haven't done enough in the league to say, hey, I made suggestions and a front office didn't go along with them. You, yeah. you got to do a little bit more winning before you can make a comment like that. Absolutely. Um, I kind of feel like he's more, and I like that. I liked him coming out. I liked his first two years. But, you know, I watched a lot of Deshaun Watson games, and there's a lot unpopular opinion. <laughs> there's a lot of Matt Stafford in Deshaun Watson. Mm. And when I say this, and when I say there's a lot of – it's a lot of second half stats when you're already down 17. A lot of empty stats. A lot of empty stats with Deshaun. Look at his. This is what I challenge people to do: is go look at his halftime numbers, and then look at his numbers at the end of the game. At halftime, it's a lot of pedestrian numbers out there, and then they're already down 10, 17. It's where the defense is going to ease up a little bit in the second half. And a lot of zone people coverages. People. Yeah, a lot yeah. of zone coverages. Guys yeah, running around. a open. lot of second half stats with Deshaun Watson. And you, you got you get that with Stafford too. You know what I mean? It's a lot of second half stats with Matt Stafford. So I'm I'm just I'm just putting that out there, you know, it's unpopular opinion. But he might be black Stafford. Listen, uh, listen, it, there is some validity to that because for for all the numbers and, and somebody even posted it in the group chat about where he ranked and and a majority of the passing stats. He was top five in, in damn near yeah, every passing stat, right? Yeah. They went four and eleven though. Exactly. So and, and Matt Stafford has been in a lot of them yeah. top five stats too. And and the the game no wins. Right. And I like Deshaun. So I'm I don't want this to turn into a bash segment about me too. Deshaun. Yeah, me I too. like him. But I will say this prior to the season, they've had some good teams, right? He had Hopkins for a while. They yeah. prime J.J. Watt, Clowney. They had those guys. They got the playoffs multiple times. They never got past the second round. Exactly. And we can't forget the big loss that they had last year in Kansas City. You're up 24 points. Yeah. And oh, you still yeah. end up losing yeah. by double digits. Yeah. So I, I see where you're going with it. Like I said, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out for him because he's still very young. I think the situation went bad there in, in Houston, but you're right. If he gets to another situation and you're just putting up a lot of these empty numbers, at some point we just got to call a spade a spade and be like, all right, you're not as good as you think you are. Yeah, exactly. And and if you're going to go somewhere else, it's going to cost them a ton. So then are you going to be in another situation like you were in Houston when the cover's bare? You know what I mean? Because it's going to cost multiple firsts to get them. I don't it's think gonna, it should. But it will just because that's the nature of the game. So you might have to give up three first rounders to 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 acquire Deshaun Watson. And then what about the talent that you're putting around him going forward? You you just gave up first round picks for him. Well, you're gonna it's gonna take I, I agree two to three first round picks. I mean Jamal Adams went last year for two first. So in the yeah. quarterback position is is a much more important position on the field. So Shit, you're giving Adams up, went for two. Jamal went for two first. Man, they might have to give a fall for Deshaun. God. <laughs> right. You, you might have to give up a bunch. Yeah. You gotta, the only teams that make sense, I mean, you got to have the cap space to absorb his new deal because he's going to be making 30 plus million starting next year. The teams that make the most sense, and I don't even know if the Texans would even entertain this, the Colts make sense because they, the, they got the team already set up and they could absorb the contract because Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett are coming off this year. Yeah. Yeah. The 49ers can make sense because they can move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Jets, because the Jets could give you that number two pick along with future picks. They could absorb the contract. Jets got 70 million in cap space. Yeah. They could have, they got 70 million. So they could absorb him, give up, because they're going to draft the quarterback at number two anyway. They, they, yeah, they got to. Yeah, they got to take a quarterback. So if, if the thinking is we're taking a quarterback anyway at number two, why not flip this year's number two? They still got the Seahawks pick this year as well. So they got another late first rounder. They could flip their own pick this year, their pick next year, throw in some second rounders and absorb the contract altogether. I don't know if the Jets would be willing to do it. I don't know if he would even be interested in going there because they got a lot. They got a lot to, to replenish there as far as talent as well. They don't have much of a running back. They ain't got an old line. They ain't got receivers. It's a very similar situation to the Texans. But the one little nugget that might work out is 
if I'm the Jets and you're telling me you wanted Eric Bieniemy, let me just go hire him then. I go hire him and trade for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that is a that is something that they could use to their advantage. But I like that San Francisco. Oh, I love the San Fran one. Yo, if he could go and get with uh, Shanahan, Shanahan can he would work wonders with Deshaun Watson. You, we saw what he did in Washington. Um, in his time, back when Robert Griffin mm-hmm. III was here, it made Robert a, a force in the league until that injury. That was all his, all by his design. Yeah. So then you got a guy like Deshaun, who's a better passer than Robert ever was, whoever could be, and it's just as mobile. Man, that would be that would be something to think about in San Francisco. That's, I didn't even think about that one, but yeah, that was San- that might be my destination of choice if I'm Deshaun. San Fran is the perfect landing spot. Their record isn't indicative of how good that team is. They they dealt with injuries all year. Yeah. And then obviously COVID towards the end of the year to the point where they couldn't even play at home anymore. They had to play in Arizona for like the last month. You're but, right, because they have young receivers. Yeah. Uh they've got they got really three good running backs that, that were just, you know, dealing with injuries. And they do have some pieces on that defense, even though they're probably gonna lose uh the D coordinator this year to go on for head coaching gig. Yeah, uh, uh, Robert Salah. Yeah. Salah, yeah. He's, he's probably going to be gone, but San Francisco would be an attractive landing spot if I'm him. I, I think San Fran makes perfect sense. Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who they drafted last year, mm-hmm. Kittle will be back, uh, the running game, and then that defense to get healthy. They may have, they may end up having to cut ties with Richard Sherman because I think his deal is up. Uh, if not this year, next year. I don't know if they even owe him any guaranteed money, so they might have to cut ties with him just to make sure the contract fits perfectly. You might want to get younger than that in that spot anyway. Right, exactly. You know I mean? like, exactly. It's like, that might be where they want to go on the draft. Yeah, but you you add Deshaun with those weapons and still what they have on defense, and they right back in the mix. Yeah, because you, then you got, you got, I think you got, you got Trent Williams anchoring the O-line. Like you said, Kittle coming back. Man. I hope he doesn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll leave you with this one last question. We'll, we'll end off on this. Okay. I asked Vernon Brownlee the same thing, man. I know overall it's been a success. Washington going 7-9. Even though the record was right probably where you expected it to be, making the playoffs exceeds expectations. But after the move to cut Dwayne, where do you guys go? What's the future of the position for you guys now? Because you're not drafting high enough to take a quarterback not yet. I don't think Alex Smith will be back next year. Where do you see this? Better going? not be back. <laughs> I don't want Alex Smith back next. He he needs to go ahead and ride off in the sunset. You know what I mean? And just say, you know, I had a good comeback. Da da da. Be gone. Just leave. I think we're going to have at least two new quarterbacks on the roster next year. And I don't want to address that position in the draft at all. Oh, not first round, not second round, not third. I don't want to draft a quarterback. There's going to be too many quarterbacks available on the open market at affordable prices um, that we can sign two vets, at least two vets. And then if you want to bring back uh, Kyle Allen, then you got three guys. That's fine. I'm fine with that. If you bring bring him back and then you bring in two vets in the offseason. But I don't want to go quarterback in the draft at all. You got guys that you can, you can get for the cheap, like, uh, like Jacoby Brissett, that kind of guy. Like uh, Terod Taylor, like uh, uh, Fist Magic, got not guys you looking to be your quarterback for the next three to five years, but a guy that could be your quarterback for the next one to two. Is a placeholder. Yeah, a placeholder. Just somebody that can be, you know, somebody can keep the team competitive. Um, then you'll have guys available for trade, possibly like uh, like like you know Staffords and guys of that ilk. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hate Matt Stafford in the Burgundy Gold. I wouldn't hate it at all. He's a tough. I like his toughness a lot. Um, he's never had really a good team around him. He's had Calvin Johnson, but what else? You know what I mean. Uh, he's never really had a whole team around him. And with the defense that we're building, and with the coaching staff that we have in place, I don't need you to. He's not going to have all the weight on him. Like a Stafford would not have all the weight on him in Washington that he does in Detroit. Um, but that's just, you know, the, just a few guys. It's, it's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. In uh, Matt Ryan's going to be available probably. Um, it's going to be a lot of veterans out there that I think I can bring in for 
two years that can, like you said, be a placeholder. Um, in that meantime, then I'm looking for my quarterback. The way this defense is set up, it's not time to bring in a guy to, to groom. With, with, with Chase, and you know I wasn't 100% on Chase, but with what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball and Montez and those guys, and if you concentrate in the draft or maybe um, a corner or two, a safety, a linebacker, early. I'm not, I'm not talking about projects in the fifth, sixth round. I'm talking about early. Then you got a ready-made defense that's ready to compete for a championship. All you need is a quarterback that's not going to that's going to make more plays than mistakes. And I think it's going to be a lot of those guys available on the open market. Um, like I said, Brissett is a guy I would really think about looking into. Um, I, I'd even look into like a Jameis Winston, but he's, from what I'm hearing, uh, Sean Payton is really um, infatuated with him and with Breeze leaving. I think he's going to want to keep him around. And I think Jameis is the kind of guy that will, is going to be loyal to New Orleans for giving him a chance when nobody else is trying to sign him anyway. Then you got guys like uh, Cam Newton. What does he really have left? He didn't. We had the opportunity to sign him this past offseason, but we didn't. Um, that might have been it was other things in play, you know, where uh, Rivera really had to say he wanted to give Haskins a chance. So if you bring in a guy like Cam, he's the day one starter, so that wouldn't work. This now it's a whole different situation. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of options out there at quarterback. I just do not want to draft one because we're not set up to do that. We're not set right. up to draft a quarterback and have a project at quarterback. Put a guy in there that knows the league, um, that Ron can trust, that Scott Turner can trust, um, and then we go from there. But I, I do not want to draft a quarterback. Now, you know Cam's name is going to be linked, obviously because of the connection with Ron Rivera. Oh, yeah. Um, is that something that you would be willing to entertain or you feel like, nah, it's, it's time to just move on from Cam altogether as well? I'd bring him in. No problem. No, I'm not going to bring him in and hand him the keys. Like I said, I want to bring in at least two guys. But I'm going to bring him in and say, well, you got you have an opportunity to be the starter for this team. But you have you also, you got to beat this guy out. You know, I'm not going to just say, well, we got history, so you're the starter. You haven't done anything in the last two years to show that you, you should be handed those keys. So I'm going to just say, come on in, compete. And if say even if you don't start, make make whoever's starting starting in front of you better. Contribute, contribute as far as in the quarterback room. Show you nobody ever called Cam a, a guy that doesn't work hard. Be the first in the building. Be the last to leave. Uh, be a force in the locker room. Be a force on the sideline. Is that is that a role he wants to take, or does he want to be handed something? That's that that remains to be seen. That's a great point. I mean, all the talk coming out of New England was that he was a hard worker. You know, he, he was putting in the time. I think ultimately they just were so bad at the, all the skill positions that it, it just never it never developed in anything. You know, they started off pretty decent to start of the year, but then COVID hit. And then obviously they just didn't have the, the talent at wide receiver or really at running back. And he, he got hit with COVID too. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not just a team. He got hit with it, so he missed some time with it. He right. actually had to deal with it and coming back and all. But you're right. They didn't have weapons there. They didn't uh, – the rec the receivers that they have never developed into what they thought. Um, the rookie running back, he was nice, but he was hurt for most of the year. They had really no tight ends. He, he really didn't have any help, and that's something that wasn't really highlighted as far as the lack of success in New England. It was all put on him. Mm -hmm. we know we you know what that is so we know we know uh yeah. man well as usual man this, this was great we're gonna see how these picks play out and we're gonna have to do it again yeah. at some point during the playoffs absolutely man I mean, anytime man you know i'm down to talk, chop, chop it up with you on some sports man yes sir we're gonna do it again real soon and i'm wishing you guys the best tomorrow hopefully you find a way to get some pressure on time and, and maybe pull out the upset yeah we'll see one more note for the weekend for the wild card weekend, there's a little nugget I pulled. Uh, out of the last 22 wild card games, 17 of them hit the under. For, so, for, the, so for the gambling don't public. Don't expect to see a lot of fireworks. Don't expect to see a lot of fireworks. It's going to be a lot of, I won't say conservative football. It's going to be a lot of careful football this weekend. So don't. So I don't, I don't look to see uh, 42 to 
35, anything like that. I think it's going to be a lot of 20 to 14s, 23, 17 type games. So if you're a gambler, take the under. Take the under. You heard it there from Will first. Will, I appreciate you, man. Hey, anytime, bro. Good to see you, man. Likewise, man. Thanks again to Will Gordon for stopping by the show. Appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to it. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned next week. Again, more new content coming out. We got to get into some baseball, too, because my Mets made a big move. More football talk as the playoffs continue. And, of course, more basketball talk. With that being said, it's Legend in Two Games. This is The Sanchez Show.